0: Welcome to this edition of Real Perspectives, brought to you by Ag Country Farm Credit Services. This is Don Wick back with us, Katie Tang, and Market Education Specialist with Ag Country. And of course, Katie, we've seen this November World Supply and Demand report, and we don't usually see this going into a, a fall report, but we came out of there with a with a surprise or two.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it really was a surprise on a lot of different levels, um, and a good surprise, which is is nice considering the year we've had. But I think the first two things to note is that both for corn and soybeans, they uh, decreased the yield projection. A real, small inc- or a real small decrease had been expected. This was somewhat larger. But when you put that over, you know, 90 million acres, it gets amplified pretty fast. So we took out uh, 265, I believe, million bushels of supply, just in one move, and then on corn. And we take that, a little bit of a increase in exports, actually exports up to 2.6 uh, billion bushels, which would be a new record for the U.S. if we end up shipping that much amount, um, brings us down to a 1.7 billion bushel carryout, which when you think back earlier this spring, we were already up to you know 2. 6 billion bushels so we've dropped nearly a billion bushels off the carryout in five months or so um, and it takes time for the market to absorb those kind of decreases um you know there's there's going to be a lot of talk yet on whether or not those exports actually end up leaving the u.s shipments are not really keeping pace with the sales amount so we would like to see that in- increase but for right now these are the numbers we have to work with at least for corn
0: Certainly, as our report came out, we had uh, some very strong support, but it backed off a little bit. Uh, uh, it seems like the, the market le- needed a little time to breathe here.
1: I think that's pretty fair. I mean, you have the kind of increase in one day that we did um, on the 10th. That's that's somewhat normal. And then the other part of it is, of course, we had to follow the next day with the holidays. So um, banks were an open margin, and all that gets to be a little bit different. So you might have had some people kind of taking some money off the table the next day, and um, it does seem like we've taken a little bit of a break, but I don't know that that changes the fact that the balance sheets are really in a lot different position than they were even two months ago. If you look at soybeans, um, they didn't make a lot of changes to demand, but because we lost some of the yield, that carried out projection down to 190 million bushels, which if we thought that's the lowest number that USDA has printed in about, you know, seven years. <laughs> so, I think there's a lot of really good constructive things going on. Um, We have to remember that we are still in a global um, environment for grains. So corn a little bit less seasonal, but we do have to keep an eye on South America. Um, Their planting seems to be going okay now. They were dry for a while. But, um, you know, we still have at least about two and a half more months where the U.S. will be the only game in town as far as shipments.
0: Well, that Brazilian crop went in late. Uh, they're still working at it. Uh, it's certainly having an impact, I would think, on that uh, Safrina corn crop, their second crop uh, moving in uh, into the corn situation. Uh, what do you see as the the factors at play here in, in Argentina and Brazil?
1: You know, that's um, really a good point. Is A lot of the talk about how the soybeans weren't going in well, and that's okay. Um, yeah, they're their soybeans might be a little bit late coming out, which opens up our shipping window for beans. But we have to remember that about two-thirds of their corn is actually grown in that second safrina, and that follows the soybeans. So if the soybeans get too late, and especially if we have any delays during harvest now, um, they may not put those bushels in. So that's going to be watched very closely. We won't know much about that until February-ish. But it is something that we will have to keep an eye on. And if, if we do get late, I would expect the corn market to be a little bit more touchy yet.
0: The tight stocks that we have, do we see that we're going to be rationing demand? Is that is that where we're going to have to be?
1: Um, yeah, That's a good question. I think for beans, that might get brought up more, um, depending on what we ship the next few months. And you know, if, if South America, for some reason, has a, a weather issue that would persist, you know, December into to January, then we, we very well may have some sort of rationing situation in beans and corn. You know, as much as we've shed off the carryout, and that's really helpful, and it's certainly constructive to price, I don't know if 1.7 billion bushels is going to be enough to trigger a lot of rationing. Um, you know, if we were to slide somewhere closer to 1.4, then I think we might the
0: uh, at least the discussion starting on the supply side of things and, and probably a little more parochial in our interest here but taking a look at the the crop here in our region we uh, we know we got nipped by an early september frost but were you surprised at that 15 bushel drop in in north dakota's average corn yield yeah,
1: I, I i was surprised by the sheer size of it just because it's not overly common um for them to have that big of adjustment. I think there's still a lot of questions about the PP situation, Um, you know, and we don't, those shouldn't be going, it shouldn't go into the yield discussion. But that said, when you have that sort of PP situation, you likely have a lot of other areas that maybe did get planted and had quite a bit of drowned out. And we would find that out as we go through harvest. So uh, yes and no, I mean, the sheer size, it was large did we know there was probably going to be some sort of adjustment?
0: Yes. Seems like every year at this time we start getting into an acreage discussion. Uh, do we get into a bit of a, a battle here between corn and soybeans?
1: You know, we, we really could. Um, right now the, the ratio between those two is, is fairly neutral. It's maybe leaning a little bit on beans, but to kind of back up even further... I think it's going to have to do a little bit more to actually keep those soybean acres because as nice as the price looks, corn still has a $4 handle, and guys like corn. I mean, it it just seems like they would really prefer to grow it. I I think we're probably going to have to see that ratio spread out a little bit more in favor of soybeans and probably for a little bit longer if we really want to attract acres.
0: We've seen where... um they're trying to encourage some farmers selling. There's really not a lot of soybeans really out in that marketplace to, to sell at this point. Uh, uh, it looks like a lot of farmers took advantage of the prices when they were on the way up.
1: Well, and that's, you know, especially from the lows that we came off of, you know, we're dollars ahead of where we were. Um, you add into that the fact that we've had a couple government payments as well, and especially the CFAP 1, CFAP 2. Cash-wise, they're probably sitting pretty well. Um, and we need, the market has to kind of compensate for the fact that they just don't need cash. And we've seen it happen before when the market rallies really quickly. It's almost more scary, the, the low prices, because now you don't know what's going to happen. If we if we go back in quite a ways now, but the, when we had $20 wheat, you know, that seems like it should be so easy. as $20 wheat, I ought to sell it. But it was like pulling it out of people's hands. And I, I don't know what we're to that extent in beans, but the idea is... If you don't need the cash and you think it might be going up, probably going to hold on to it a little bit firmer than you otherwise would have.
0: Well, just think how, how the whole mentality has changed in the last uh, even six <laughs> months where, you know, now we're talking about farmers worrying about tax planning where that really wasn't uh, a consideration <laughs> uh, at that point.
1: It, it's been a wild year, and I, I think, you know, there's going to be a lot to work through from a marketing standpoint. Um, you know, I'm, I know there's some sales out there that guys probably wish they hadn't made. But you have to remember, I'd say it's always twenty twenty. You know, if we look back, well, yeah, I shouldn't have done that, but you did it for a reason because at that time, with the knowledge that you had, that was the right decision. And that's kind of where this comes into spreading our, our sales out over a period of time um, kind of comes into play too because then we can keep rewarding in you know, time after time instead of trying to make one big sale at the high.
0: Kind of that incremental sales uh mentality right
1: it really is and you know i you get well how much should i sell and there really there is not a good answer for that because you're the one that has to live with it so i think every person has a a number that they're comfortable i can sell this much at a time and still feel okay that if the market goes up i have more to sell so you usually find about 10 to 15 percent is comfortable for a lot of people but some people are going to fall on either side of that. So I think that's the big thing is just think about what amount you're okay selling. And if it goes up, you're still going to be saying to yourself, you know what, I'm okay.
0: Well, we've had a lot of fireworks in this uh, marketplace, and what goes up can come down too. So we'll have to make sure we're we're paying attention. It's from a uh, someone observing the marketplace. It's kind of a, a fun time to be in.
1: It's certainly been exciting lately, and, and you know, I think we have to start – there was a lot of focus on the 20 crop, and yeah, the prices are, are quite a bit better for the 20 crop, but when we look ahead to 2021, you know, those new crops that we were talking about, the market is inverted there in, in quite a bit. So, be careful with the decisions you make in that inversion. Remember, that's not your normal carry. A lot of time, you know, for the last few years, we've been, well, sell ahead, sell ahead, sell ahead. You might have to back that off a little bit and, and be pretty careful about where you're placing those hedges.
0: That's our latest edition of Rural Perspectives, sponsored by Ag Country Farm Credit Services. You can, of course, find out more at agcountry.com. I'm Don Wick for the Red River Farm Network.